0: Welcome to episode 806 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 806 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James oles How you go, mate?
1: I am very good, Bevan.
0: Now a few weeks ago, we were talking about you fell over, pushing the bike up the hill, and mm. you're a bit of a you're a bit of a Monty Python sketch.
1: It was comical. Yep. Uh, looking at the gash, mm-hmm. gash is pretty decent. It is decent. I think we're going to get a bit of scar activity going on. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting a scar. It was nice, nice deep cut. No stitches required, but it was a nice wide. And How often have you got had stitches a- in your life? Um, I'm going to say at least five times, if not five to ten.
0: What? Oh wait, let's do stitcher stories at the end. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by. Oh, I love some of these. These are some of my three of my all-time favorite nicknames we've given out. Okay. Mike the Swizzle Pizzle. Well, he came to go with us. We've got
0: Pete the Explosion Curry. That's got to be <laughs> one of the cold. best.
1: And Richard Speed Walker Swan. Or Swanee Noah. Mm. Yep. Okay, this week's show we've got some news, we've got an interview. Who have we got? We are talking with Tamara Jewett, and a lot of you guys probably haven't heard too much about her. Which is why I want to get her on because she is a sh- smoking hot runner. Man, oh man, when you can run a one thirteen and a seventy point three, that is moving very, very quickly. So I want to talk to her, and we've got her on for a good old chin wag.
0: Love a chin wag. That's tastic. And then maybe I've- John has me do a section. He said, do something light. And you know me, when I do a section, it's always deep and heavy. Yep. And so I thought, I'll do something light. And it's pretty crappy, so it may not be there. You may <laughs> not cut the mustard. How long did you interview tomorrow for? Half an hour or so. Oh, we might not need to do my bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about news, John. Not much news, because John is away this week, so we have no real news to update. But we did have one thing.
1: Israel Man is happening. It is. It's coming up this weekend. Uh, so I it's can't right, it's been happening for a long time. Sorry. It's been happening for a long time, hasn't it? It has, and they didn't have it last year, unfortunately, because of COVID, but it is back for this year. It looks like they've got around about 200 or so for the full. They get a good turnout in the half distance race. Uh, it's a nice, uh, well, it's a really challenging course. I don't know if nice is the right word for it. It's got a long climb at the beginning of the bike. Um, you have about 800 metres of elevation gain um, straight off the bat. And then uh, but you've got to come down that on the run course. So you kind of, it's a split transition. So you've got like a start the run at 650 metres above sea level and then you descend all the way down, 650 metres, I think you roughly times it by three, so it's, you know, I don't know, about 2,000 feet elevation. And I thought, when I was looking at past results, I was thinking, you must run pretty quick if you're losing that much elevation and then it looked like it was going to be flat. For some reason, the run splits aren't very quick. I looked at... 2018 and Hal Tao Davies. Uh, I don't know if he still listens or not, but he's a he's a he's a great 235. Did he do a runner. sub 230? He may well have yeah, done. Yeah, I think I think got close to it. Um, but he only did a 307. That's still a really respectable time, but he's a that, you know, that's a not as fast as I would expect him to go there. Yep. Uh, Bike times are slow, five fifty-ish to five and a half to five fifty, um, and fifty mid-fifties swim. The guy won it that year. Till Schram, he did a fifty-two swim, five thirty-three, and a three oh eight for an, a nine thirty-nine. So even though it's got all that downhill, it's not the fastest. Just it looks just stunning. These some Aww. of these desert races where you go out and you just got, you know, it looks a bit Saint George-y type. Um, terrain so cool race so it's man
0: well I'll tell you what you, as you've been talking I've gone to their site and I've got a video which takes you pretty much through the whole day it's been running for a couple of minutes I tell you what it's a real deal event hmm. you know like it's, it's it looks like it's on par of any Ironman around the world and as in professionalism but it also looks really fascinating because you're starting to see in the bike and the run looks really interesting and, and mm-hmm. well supported good crowds so if you are looking at maybe your next year's calendar you're looking for something that's maybe a bit more of your own beaten track Check it out, Israelman, mm. it's, it's, and it's israelman.co.il, mm. so there you go.
1: Uh, any other news, John? We had the Tauranga Half Ironman at the weekend. Uh, so predict who won. Uh, well, I'll say Braden Curry um, on the boys' side. Don't know who races, is racing on the girls' side, so I'll go uh, safety with uh, Hannah Wells because I'm not sure who else is racing. Okay. It's this and I don't even know if she's racing. This,
0: well, she, if she races, I
1: think she got married the other day, so maybe she's not. Best, best, best honeymoon? <laughs> yeah. Hey, honey, should we just go do a race? That's at how honeymoon? you kill a
0: honeymoon, isn't it? Yeah.
1: But we get
0: married on this date and then we go end up in Taupo yeah. <laughs> on this date, and I can do the I Man. Yeah. That's it, that, 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 the beginning of the end, really. It is indeed. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to interview
1: John. We have. We're talking to Tamara Jewett, the, currently the fastest 70.3 runner on the PTO rankings and the fastest split I've ever seen. Here we go. Okay team, Um, today's guest is a relative newcomer to our sport, Um, we've talked about her a few times on the podcast, she's certainly lighting up the circuit on the running front um, with some of the fastest run splits consistently for the females and quite often beating a lot of the guys as well. Um, She's currently got the fastest recorded seventy point three run split with a seventy three minutes. She's won a seventy point three, a couple of other podiums. Currently ranked seventeenth on the PTO standings. So Tamara Jewett, welcome along to the show.
2: Thanks so much.
1: I, I think my first memory of seeing your, a result from you was I think they had it was like the Canadian Pro Champs, and I think you just about out, outran most of the, the, the guys there. Do you maybe tell us a bit about that race?
2: yeah that that was a lot of fun so that that was in this actually i guess it was september 2020 yeah. it, either august or september and it uh um we were looking for racing opportunities in canada during the pandemic and there's a triathlon club called c3 uh in caledon so um barry shepley and then a, a canadian pro jackson laundry took a. A lot of initiative to sort of get that going and the PTO donated a prize purse for it so um, it was sort of a modified format we couldn't just the location of the swim we couldn't do a, a swim to bike transition so we did sort of a time trial style swim and then all got in our cars and drove to uh, a sort of partially completed housing development where the the bike was many loops of uh, about a two kilometer sort of circuit uh, and then sort of normal transition to run. And, and it was Olympic, Olympic distance, but not draft legal. So it was sort of a blend of, of triathlon styles.
1: Yeah. Things we had to do during those, those peak COVID times, which hopefully are, hopefully are starting to get behind us a little bit. So um, we sort of jumped ahead a little bit. Maybe just tell us a bit about yourself, You know where, where you're from and, and life before triathlon.
2: Yeah, um, I used to be a sort of high performance middle distance track athlete, I competed for the University of Toronto. uh, And I guess before that on a couple Canadian junior teams in cross country and um, I guess 3k for world juniors and then at university I was focused on anything from 1500 meters to 5k. and, uh, during that process also sort of went through law school and, uh, uh, it was, well, I was at law school that I gradually transitioned into triathlon, but my running career, uh, had glimmers of going really well. And I, I, competed at world university cross country one year. I won, um, the 1500 meters at the Canadian university championship one year. So some periods of things going really well but also a very very long stretch of repetitive strain injuries kind of one after another that that caused major setbacks and, and would sort of take me out of it for years at a time.
1: Yeah. How easy. I, I know athletics is a totally different ball game but had your had your career sort of progressed in a I don't know maybe a similar sort of fashion to what you've done in triathlon is it very is it harder or easier to make a you know living out of um, athletics?
2: Uh, I, it's a little hard for me to to answer that. I think just because of the choppiness of, of my running career, my impression is that it's harder. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, track is, uh, has so much depth and it's deeply, deeply competitive at a world level, and it doesn't involve a lot of gear that people want to buy. Yeah. All of which sort of leads to, to fewer sponsorship opportunities. I think within triathlon, it, I think it's actually a benefit to pro athletes that there's sort of so much stuff you need and such a um, sort of dedicated age group following of the sport that it's it's worthwhile for companies to sponsor pro triathletes, and, and I think that that makes it a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, um, I know we have lots of people that want to know some of your your personal best times. So, what were what were some of your best over, say, five k, fifteen hundred, etc.? Yeah, I think
2: oh, I I don't love talking about them because they're not really what I wanted them to be. I for five k, I think my personal best is uh, just over 16 minutes, which was sort of in my debut sort of 5k (laughs) track race. And I just never was really able to get that, that going, um, 3k, it was around 912, which is pretty close to basically what I was running as a, as a junior runner. And I really wanted to try to get that under eight minutes, but, but just didn't have a good stretch where I was able to do that. Um, and then 1500, it was sort of uh, somewhere like 418 or something like that. So to me, those are good, but they're not not—they're um, not like really stellar senior track times.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, and professionally, um, you yeah, finished law school and you've been working yeah, pretty, well, it sounds like part-time and full-time, a bit of a mixture of that, um, and, and is that sort of the plan for for the foreseeable future to sort of keep the some income coming in from, from a career.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sort of interestingly, my, my original plan uh, had been to stop triathlon after 2020. I had articled uh, which in Canada, we have to do when you're starting law, you work, it's sort of like a residency, but for law for about 10 months. And then, um, and then you're usually sort of hired back and you're qualified as a lawyer after that. So I articled in 2018, 2019, and the firm that I was working for gave me a year off to focus on triathlon in 2020, um, which obviously was very disrupted by the pandemic. And so my original plan was to really focus on 2020 and then, uh, you know, sort of start a career as a full-time lawyer and, I think partly because of the pandemic and also just partly because of my growing interest in the sport and having a little bit of success at it, I, I now am uh, sort of focused on making this part-time balance work and staying in triathlon for much longer.
1: Cool. So um, when I, when I looked at your website, you know you're, you're probably one of those. Uh, triathletes that some people dislike when they first see your set of results because you pretty much went straight into winning from from what I can see um, and you didn't sort of have that progression up that some athletes have to persevere through. So what was it like that? You know, I mean, you've got some results there in 2018 where you were winning most of your events and, and you sort of continued that progression. So was it was it plain sailing from day one?
2: Um. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, yes and no, I think I'm, I'm very pleased that, um, triathlon has gone well. And, and, you know, I, I expected that I would be able to put together strong performances, um, just based on my history in running and how training was going as I transitioned. but it, it's still a pretty new sport to me. And I didn't know how running off the bike would, would go from here or sort of the, you know, even coming from age group triathlon into the pro fields, it's a bit of a different race dynamic. And, um, so far it's been fun that 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 has gone well, but I think, uh, a lot of my success is built on some of the setbacks that I had in, in running and just a lot of lessons that I had to learn the hard way in that, Mm -hmm. uh, in that sport. So it's, uh, if it looks like it's been smooth sailing and triathlon, it's certainly built on a lot of very choppy waters in the, in the past as an athlete. Um, and some setbacks in triathlon. I I actually was supposed to start racing as a pro earlier in 2019 than I did. I I think my first pro race was end of September that year, but at the start of July, I broke my collarbone training. So I I had hoped to be racing all of that summer. And so right as I was about to start, I kind of had to take a step back and and deal with that before I, I started pro racing.
1: Yeah. So I know there was a couple of races there in 2020, but this looks like it's been your first pretty full on season um, with six races that I could see. Um, so what, what were your sort of expectations at the start of this year, you know, going into it and ho- obviously hoping we we're going to have a full, full season, but how did expectations sort of match up with with how the season panned out?
2: Yeah, I think, I think it was, I think it went really well. My hope has been to try to win a pro race and it was really exciting that that happened at at Timberman and then just to have a good learning experience at at worlds which I I did I I had qualified for 2020 worlds which were supposed to be in New Zealand and so my spot uh carried over to St George and I just I felt by the time we got to worlds like i had been waiting for that race for for a really long time so it, it felt good to to be able to actually compete there.
1: Nice. And, um, you know, you're an experienced athlete, maybe not so experienced in triathlon, but do you, do you get, you know, lining up at the world champs, do you get pretty nervous? And, and if you do, how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah, I do get nervous, but I certainly don't get nervous in the same way that I did as a younger athlete. So I can remember, I uh, you know, in high school and early university, when I started out, I, I would I'd would be nervous for days and it could feel really overwhelming and it it never feels quite that way anymore it's there's more of an excitement built into the nervousness for for me and having learned about my own psychology one of the main ways that I deal with it is um, I just try to distract my brain quite a bit Mm -hmm. I I tend to be very very analytical. And, and I've actually done some psychological tests that, that sort of show that, that my response to stress is to become very analytical, which is great in my lawyer life, but it uh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work so well in, in parts of my athletic life. I, you know, you really can't uh, think your way through a track race or a triathlon, or, or at least I can't. And, and my brain really tries to do that. So um, just knowing that and, and just sort of telling it to, to turn itself off a bit or redirecting it when I can feel that that's what's happening really helps me. I, during a race, I'll often just have music stuck in my head the whole time as, as a bit of a distraction.
1: <laughs> nice. Now, the, the 70.3 Worlds, um, it looked like a good, good, solid result. It was one of the few times I think you've been, uh, you haven't had the fastest run split. Was was uh, How did the race go and was that the run? I know it was still, I think you were second fastest. Was that a case yeah. of Lucy Charles just being on on another planet um, or did you, you know, how, how was your race and how was your run?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, um, it was a mixed experience. I, I, but I would say mostly good, I guess the run I'm not unhappy with. I definitely don't think it's representative of my potential and it, it wasn't one of my best runs. but I also don't think I'm not unhappy with it. I, um, Uh, I think the, the worst part of my race was the swim start and, uh, partly that's just something I need to practice. That was quite an intense, fast start with such an amazing group of women. And, um, my goggles got kind of jostled off. It was a little, I I had an awkward start and then it's also just a skill that I need to keep working on. So I was further behind after the swim than I'd hoped, uh, and it made for a pretty lonely start to the the bike, but then working with that, I was really happy with the way that I sort of worked out of no man's land on the bike and caught up with quite a bit of the field getting into Snow Canyon, which is uh, a nice climb on the course and, and that plays to my strengths on the bike. So I was able to sort of start making up ground there. Uh, and then had quite an eventful end to the bike, whereas sort of crazy sudden storm came up as I was descending back into town, there was sort of lightning off in the distance. And as I was coming into T2, like barriers were blowing across the course in front of me and I almost blew over and it it was just kind of chaos. So, so it it was a bit of a strange headspace to start the run in, um, you know, it was sort of at the same time, like funny and scary and there's just a lot going on going on um so i think um the run had sort of some patchy parts and some good parts and and overall i'm happy with the way that i worked through that but i also um think that i can do much better than that and and hopefully i'll be able to execute that better this year Uh, i think lucy just had such an amazing race and obviously is so talented and and she was sort of coming through the run with all of saint george cheering for her there so it's just Mm -hmm. it's an amazing performance from her and, and that was pretty cool and i'm i'm sure helps with her sort of momentum going through that leg of the race
1: Oh yeah, no. Geez. fastest <laughs> swim, fastest bike, fastest runs, pretty amazing. Um yeah. you, you you won 70.3 Timberman. Um was that your best performance of the, the year? Um and yeah, how did how did it sort of feel to, to fight to not finally get a victory? Because you've you've been at this not not very long, but um yeah, was that pretty cool to get a victory?
2: Yeah, very cool. Uh, I was obviously very happy with that. Um I'm not sure. I think that it was my best performance of the season. It was certainly one of them. I'm, I'm quite happy, uh, with almost all of my races. I would say I'm not happy with the way that the, uh, the PTO rev three race that I did in Virginia went, but that was very early season. And I was coming, uh, coming off of a couple of weeks of poor training because of a knee injury at that point. Um, but other than that, uh, I think, like even Boulder I was 5th but the field there was just so competitive I was actually very happy overall with how that that race went so um yeah I think there've been a lot of good things from different races this year Timberman I particularly liked the last 30k of the bike course which was a lot of climbing and really helped me set up a good position going into the run which which makes a big difference for me
1: and you had the the 73 minute half marathon run which is insanely fast uh i think it was at augusta and i'm pretty sure it was accurate i'm pretty sure i had a guy i had a guy i was coaching that that did that race and i seem to recall it was accurate so it's not like a a short run do you do you measure your runs and and do you how, how do you sort of how do you how do you hit your run do you do you pace it do you just run by feel and and do you use your watch and stats and so on
2: Yeah. In races, I just go by feel. In training, I I train with my watch quite a bit, but um, I always race better going by feel. I I like not being able to see sort of the ups and downs of the run. And and just because I've been running for so long, I have a pretty good intuitive sense about it. I I was very happy with Augusta with like obviously that time, but it was also quite a a big PB for me on that course because I'd done that course as well in 2019. I think I was 77 minutes or something in in 2019 so so seeing improvement on the same course was was fun but um basically there my my instructions for my run coach were to try to be more aggressive at the start and to be aggressive coming off of corners and so that's sort of one of the things I was thinking about
1: I've just been scanning through training peaks and uh for this guy that raced there and he he got 21.1 kilometers so it was uh it can't be more accurate than that so that's uh, awesome because th- there is often questions asked if it's an amazing fast time you know how did they get that but that is uh, that is awesome so nice work there um so where was I um in terms of you know what you're sort of planning for for this season what's what's sort of on your agenda you're sticking to the mainly sticking to the 70.3 distance
2: yeah yeah, that's definitely my focus. I will, I have a spot from Timberman for worlds. Uh, so that'll be end of October and, and that's my biggest focus probably this season again. Um, but I'll probably start racing, uh, at Oceanside April 2nd. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to qualify for the the PTO Canadian Open. It, it would be fun. Uh, there wasn't really racing in Canada this this year so it was a lot of travel to the states and I'm hoping to be able to to race at home at least a couple of times which, which would be cool.
1: Is there any information for you guys with regards to how you how you qualify for, for these for the Canadian Open and the, the other PTO events yet?
2: My understanding is that it's based on the PTO rankings and, and I think 40 of the top 50 athletes will qualify, but um, I'm still, I still need to sort of sift through a bit more information with exactly how that will work. Cool.
1: Now with, with runners um, swimming is often the, the big, big challenge when you first get into the sports. So how, how is your swimming progressing and, and how was it when you first started and, and what's that progression been like?
2: Yeah. Um, I started swimming. Swimming was actually the the first sort of shift into triathlon for me, I think around 2014, I started doing some swimming with a, a recreational triathlon club at the University of Toronto because I'd had about a year at that point pool running with an injury. And I I didn't want to stop, but I just couldn't stand any more solo pool running and I I wanted something different and I wanted some training partners. So, um, I guess when I started, I I am very aerobically strong and I was able to get by surprisingly well with that, but my, my stroke rate was something like 60 strokes for 50 meters (laughs) or like just a very, uh, inefficient, but strong swimmer, I guess. And, uh, I I've been, gradually putting in work on that and a lot of work over the past year on lengthening out my stroke and really trying to learn more about good technique, um, in, including more work this past year than I've ever done in the past on learning how to do different strokes as well and to do them properly to, to improve my feel for the water. So um, I found that a little difficult this year. I felt like I've had to take Uh, some big steps back to learn that technique in the hopes that that'll sort of push up the ceiling of of what I can work back to. And uh, um, so it's still a work in in progress. I I love swimming, though. Um, And I've always... That's
1: a turn up for a runner to be saying I love swimming.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I've always, I mean, growing up, I always just loved playing in the water and stuff. And I really... Um, I did a little bit of swim team in like grade five or six, just because it was the only, uh, team at my school other than soccer that you could join at the time, I think, but, but to, to learn proper technique is new to me, but to be really comfortable and have fun in the water is, is not. So it's, uh, um, you know, I started doing a little bit of it as cross training. I would be in a mode of doing that while injured from running, then going back to running. And I was actually always a little bit sad at the time to sort of scale down, swim training so so triathlon's a good fit
1: <laughs> good now i saw on your website as well there was an article about um uh, eating as a vegetarian so have you got any um assuming you're still a vegetarian have you got any tips um for athletes that are either are vegetarian on how they can stay you know meet all their micronutrients and so on and um any other tips you've got for for athletes around uh, eating as a vegetarian
2: yeah i So I used to be fully vegetarian. I'm pescatarian now. So I do eat seafood, although not a lot of it. Um, but yeah, tips for, I would say that the two things that I find I need to focus on the most are iron and getting enough protein. Mm -hmm. Um, and with iron in particular, as an athlete, I've never, um, been able to keep my iron or iron stores high enough without being on an iron supplement. Mm. So, so I always take an iron supplement and I take it with vitamin C away from other meals because a lot of things interfere with its absorption. And, and I think, um, you can find information that that's encouraging about getting enough iron from a vegetarian diet without that. But I've, I've just never found that it works for me or with the level of sport that I'm trying to do. Um, and I've, I've had, uh, before I sort of figured that out, like, I guess at the end of high school, I was quite anemic for a while. And, and, uh, it was amazing to me just feeling the change in my energy levels. Once I got, uh, first sort of like hemoglobin and stuff back to normal. And then, but, yeah. but also iron stores. So like getting my ferritin up uh, much higher has, has really helped with energy. And then protein, when I started out as a vegetarian, I, I've been vegetarian since I was about six. And so like in the early nineties, no one was as aware of, as they are now about vegetarian diets and vegetarian protein Options and um I've had to be really careful about making sure that I'm building enough protein into each meal, uh either with sort of like protein powders or just with focusing on um vegetarian sources sources of protein. Mm,
1: nice. Got a few random questions for you. Um so far in your career, what's what's been your favorite course?
2: My favorite course? Uh Probably St. George. It's just so, um, beautiful. I, I didn't realize that, that Utah was so beautiful and just the, the contrast of the, the swim, uh, which is in sort of this like very blue reservoir surrounded by a very fine orange sand. And then, um, and that's sort of on one side of the course and then sort of Snow Canyon with, you know, like many colored mountains and and has a very different feel on the other side. It's uh, I think it's the most unique course I've been on so far just in terms of the, the scenery. And it was beautiful.
1: Nice. Um, what time of the day does your first workout normally start and what time uh, does the last one normally end?
2: Uh recently I'm often swimming at about six in the morning, but I have to commute there. So I'm up just before five to get, to get to the swim. Um, so I try not to train late, uh, if I can be in bed by nine, that's sort of my ideal. Um, so I'll try to be finished training sort of early evening. Um, Yeah. Which is different from in, uh, as a younger runner, I I had a bit of the opposite pattern and I think I would do a lot of my training late at night, but I've, I've completely shifted that.
1: Nice. Um, how do you have your coffee? If you're a coffee drinker,
2: Uh, I am a coffee drinker. I like it with just a tiny bit of milk.
1: Nice. And if you drink alcohol, what's your alcohol of choice?
2: Uh, usually wine although in the summer I'm a big fan of sour beers
1: nice very good okay um and if people want to follow you or is is there anything you're doing you want to get out there in terms of any promotion or if people want to follow you what's the best way for them to do that
2: yeah best place to follow me is on Instagram just at Tamara Jewett I post quite a bit there um or you can take a look at my my website where I'll put up information about it, like interviews like this that I've done and, and some articles. It's just at TamwardJewitt.com.
1: Awesome. No, looking forward to seeing your progress this year. You'll certainly lighten up those runs. And if you can run from run 73 minutes, you can even if you lose a bit of time on the, the swim and the bike, um, you can certainly make up a lot on the runs. So we look forward to seeing some awesome progress this season. So uh, thanks very much for your time.
2: Yeah, thank you so much.
1: Awesome, tomorrow. That's great. Um, I'm just gonna stop. Uh, but probably I'm probably gonna use John, uh, the week after interview? next. Uh, uh, your thoughts? Oh, I love getting people on like this who I we, uh, we've mentioned her a couple of times over the last year to year and a half. Um, when you see these run splits come through and race splits, she, she's not you know a prolific winner by any stretch of the imagination yet, but still really really new to the sport. But those run splits man and you don't see these athletes very much in any coverage because they come from yeah. a reasonable distance back yeah. and they just come through and smoke it if they get to the the front like an Anne Hulk then you'll see them towards the end but tomorrow if she's sort of finishing maybe in the you know three four five and races you don't necessarily see it but her run splits are impressive and it's not like she was a world champion level runner you know she was but as you guys heard you know domestically really strong did some world championship events. But, um, yeah, smoking fast running.
0: So as a coach, you get an athlete like this, a mm. high-pedigree runner, what's the swim bike like? It's improving. But yeah. like kind of middle of, yeah. mid, mid of the field kind of as a pro? Yeah. Okay. The swim's lacking a bit, but yeah. So what do you do? How do you, how do you develop this person?
1: Well, the main thing with these sort of athletes is holding them back. When you come from a track background where you're gunning it, let's say you've got a 1,500-meter runner, their tolerance of pain is going to be extremely high Mm. and they're going to be used to just going to track and absolutely smashing hard reps. They're not going to be used to going out and riding at a steady or moderate intensity. And so that's the main task is keeping them injury free and just building their, you know, steady state endurance. That's the main challenge. And chuckling in the pool as regularly as often. And how often would you get someone like that to swim? Sorry? How often would you get someone like that to swim? Well, a pro like that, you'd be probably trying to hit six times a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's interesting when you got, like it's interesting, you know, like you get the athlete like a Frodo who's just got all the pieces of the puzzle, you know, and that's the beauty of our sport. Although, uh, it's, here's an interesting question. Do you think the end of the one superstar, one, one, you know, swimming is never going to be a thing, but bike, amazing biker like a Saddler or amazing runner, like, like, like a Patriots thing. Mm. Do you think we're moving to w- away from that ever happening? I know, look, okay, it has happened recently because obviously with Langer, but... Mm.
1: Oh, I think it's just, it just swings around from time to time. Like, if a lot of us think Lucy Charles is going to yeah, potentially smoke it this year, and she's... But she's become a complete she athlete. She has become a complete athlete. Yeah. Um, so I think at the World Championships, possibly not. But elsewhere, I think I still think they can do exceptionally well. You know, Cam Wirth is a good example. He's he's becoming a much more of a complete athlete. Um, so, I think, yeah, at, the, at Kona, kind of hard to see it happening now. Um, although, yeah, again, it, what, I'm trying to think of examples. Well, well like, Langer is the
0: example, isn't he? Yeah. You know, but he's a, he's a freak runner. But that's what, mm. it, you know, like when you look at, like, like, okay, so I'll pull up some winners. So, like 2019, well, you had Fredino, wasn't it? Was it? No, he wasn't there that year, was he? No, Fredino, Tim O'Donnell, Sebastian Kinley. Geez, mm. Keenley got through that year. Jeez. Yeah. You think it was still that good that, that late um I'm just thinking boys here, so there was, it was then it was Langer Arnott, Mc So mm. so those were real runners here wasn't it
1: yeah, and Ann Haug, you know, she's an exceptional runner, but she's not usually out of the game of coming off the bike uh she's you know she's reasonably balanced. weaker summer but okay on the bike but an exceptional runner so
0: twenty seventeen Langer, uh, Sanders mcDeme
1: Langer he's never going to win a Kennedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the thing isn't it because the thing about what we're talking about you know it's interesting how Bloomingfield and Eden have come along we've just dropped everyone else from our our thoughts mm. you know and you've gone Fernando's going to be there and those two and then we'll see what happens mm. now those three guys are complete athletes they are indeed you know and, and you think back to you know when we had like the Mecca era well Alexander was a complete athlete mm.
2: you, yeah. Know, yeah. you know you
0: yeah. know he, he, and that last one he won he swam by grand
1: mm. You know. We swam and smoked them on the bike, was one.
0: Yeah, that last one. Yeah. That was a stellar performance. Mm. You know, and earlier on in the sport, you probably were having more often, you know, where you had like a saddler or you had an amazing runner coming through. I'm just wondering, in the future as we move forward, are we going to see it's going to be that less of a thing? But again, recently we have had Langer, so it kind of mm. counted as that. But I'm just kind of curious.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be harder for the bikers. It's, it just looks like it's harder and harder for the bikers to get away now because the depth of the group behind them is such that it's just, uh, yeah, there's not that big, big difference. But hey, let, let's wait and see what Cam Wirth does this year and let's see if he can light it up in Kona.
0: Sadler was the only guy who really ever pulled that off, isn't he? No,
1: Keenley did one year as oh, well. Oh, I did too, uh, yeah. 20, but then 20 he gave 30. up on the
0: bike, didn't he? Then he tried to focus on becoming a great runner. Because mm. Keenley was a of performance, wasn't he? Mm. What about the females? Have there ever been...
1: Well, Chrissy's like that freak one who just but came she was, on. But she was she was, she was pretty good at all. She wasn't she she was a, wasn't no, a great was swimmer, but she was good enough. Yeah. Um. But she was just a weapon biker runner. And then you've got Rinny, who's just uh, she came from massive deficits down. Yeah, so she was a runner. Yeah, I think you will still get those amazing runners, but whether we still see bikers being able to crush it because Reese complete isn't she? Yeah, but she's crushes it on the bike. Like if she was a shitty runner, she could probably still win. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we were supposed to be talking about Tamara Jewett and her amazing running, but she was, uh, yeah, uh, definitely a name to keep a look out for because she's still very green in the sport, and she'll probably improve that swim and bike reasonably exponentially over the next sort of 12 to 24 months. Uh, and it's just whether that exponential growth can sort of carry her all the way to the top, or whether it sort of plateaus. You know, we've got look, we've got quite a few other ex runners who are amazing you know people um, um just Emma Pallant people like that uh who have done extremely well with running and they they've but they've, they've've sort of improved that swim bike to a really really good level but it's just that little bit below the likes of uh, Lucy Charles and Daniela Reef when they're on their then a game but still good enough to get them you know a world championship sort of podium
0: here's a question for you because we are short on content this week, the athlete you've been most impressed when you look at the start of their career to where they got to. You know, like, and you can even look, you know, back in the day, Chris McDonald, he was a, he was, yeah. a, he was a, he was a, he was a plaster or something, wasn't he? he yeah. Was a, you know, he was an, he was a hockey player, he wasn't an athlete at all, once my mind you know, mm. you know, but then, is there someone who's, who would you be most impressed with?
1: Well, I only kind of, you no, know, like the key example, Bevan Doherty, he was pretty average. Was he? He improved. Well, he did really so, well. I mean, He was a good runner when we were at school. But you know, I, I used to beat him, and I really wasn't that good. <laughs> yep. And uh, even as a runner, not a, I didn't wouldn't have beat him in a running race. But I was beating him when we were juniors, and yep. then it sort of got a bit. Close. What was the breakthrough so, moment for him? Um, he were two two seasons in Europe. So the first season he sort of battled his way through, and then the second season he was injured, but he won the European. Um, European sort of season over there, and yep. then the next year is when he went, uh, started going ballistic, but this cool was a steady hey? progression, but when you look through a lot of the athletes, it's a steady progression, like you yeah. look at someone like a Javier Gomez, um, he's been around forever, but he was around forever before he even got good as well, and the same with these, we, last week we had Gustav Eden on the show, you know, he's, we think oh, he's a really young guy, but his first ITU race was 2012, so he's been in this game for 10 years, yeah. at a elite junior to elite level, so yeah, Flora Duffy, actually, she's probably... Now tell I me about, it. about she, When she started, she was just, I'm pretty sure she was just an age grouper. You, you just tell me, some, tell me something, Bevan, and I'll... Oh, well, uh, Tamara Lewis, I'm
0: just looking at her website. Um, her bio says, well, you've talked to her for a long time, so <laughs> so I don't need <laughs> to give her, give her the plug, but if you want to check out her website, it's TamaraDewitt.com. Okay. Okay. Did that, that Sorry, page not
1: found. Oh, I'm crap, just gonna it? try to find her Instagram. <laughs> is Instagram?
0: And you look up. It's just Tamara Jewett, you at one word. <laughs> this is about as bad. She's as a part-time pa- corporate lawyer.
1: Yes, and you heard about. You would have heard about oh, that. Yeah, so of course she's a, she's a clever clogs as well. Clever clogs. Yeah. Um, you're about as bad as padding padding as me under pressure. Well, I, I, come on, I pulled it off. Flora Duffy was born and raised in Bermuda, if, and if you didn't happen to know, uh, and. Jeez, she's got an impressive record. Uh, view her full results. So if you ever want to find stats on long-course athletes, go to protriathletes.org. Uh, um, okay, ITU so what's, athletes. what's your name age group? Triathlon. Answer the question. Right. It takes time, Bevan. It's called professional padding. Uh, she raced in 2005 at the Gamagori ITU World Championships, and she was placed 39th. 2005?
0: Mm. Age group?
1: Uh, she was junior then. Uh, then she went to Melbourne to the Commonwealth Games, got 8th, uh, all the way through sort of 06, she's sort of doing World Cup races, finishing anywhere between 5 and 20, uh, and then she kind of almost went backwards a bit in 2017, 207, going into sort of the teens, uh, and then she didn't do anything in 2009, and then came back in 2010, and that's when it started to sort of Ramp its way up. I yeah. find, how cool is that? Like so two thousand
0: five. And then when did it, when did she start to really break through?
1: Her first win. I don't really count like the Pan American Championships as a it's a win. Uh, her first win looks like it was two thousand and twelve. But even yeah, when did she start to become really dominant? 2015, 2016. The twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. The 2016, Here we go. Started in. September 2016 won the grand final in Cozumel and then 2017 she won every race bar one (laughs) she got beaten in Montreal and then the next year she's pretty much won everything as well I I think what's really
0: cool about those stories like Bevan like Bevan was obviously a bit of a a tryhard, you know Mm -hmm. you know not 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 in that kind of Detrimental, we're saying it more just like you know, a kid who loved the sport, mm. you know, a bit like you thought he mm-hmm. have a bit of life adventure, go overseas and see what you can do, and then suddenly you make that breakthrough, mm. you know. And, and, and as you say, he wasn't—he wasn't a high performer, he wasn't yeah. really killing it,
1: and you just stick at it day by day, and then suddenly this moment, it's like shit, I'm there. Uh, he was, and he was—I mean, you hear lots of people saying, "Gutsy hard ass," yeah. but he—he <laughs> he was a legitimate hard ass. Why? Whatever I don't know something in his upbringing, but yeah, you you know you talk about Lionel Sanders you take him to a street fight, yeah, you'd probably want to take Bevan this really? <laughs> anger and uh, <laughs> and just hard ass, yeah. It's funny.
0: I, I often tell people even that Peter Reed story, isn't it? You know what motivates these? You know this level, you know to go to that much. You know I know central governor theory is, is sometimes been argued, but you know just that ability to go to that much hurt, you know is, is a pretty special thing.
1: We're bringing back a new segment this week, Bevan. stats fantastic! It's fantastic.
0: I remember the thing. <laughs> it's been a while. Because we're desperate for content. So here we go. What, what wow. are we doing?
1: Yes, we're desperate, but this was another feature of uh, the Pro Triathletes PTO website that I... Didn't realise it actually existed. I knew you got the rankings, you can go in there and see how people are ranked and so on. But I didn't realise that you can actually go into individual disciplines, so swim, bike and run. And they've got point scoring system for that as well. And today's guest, Tamara Jewett, is actually ranked number one in the world on the PTO rankings. And that's courtesy of running a 114.39 at the Timberman and a 116 at the Indian Well. So she has actually been quicker than that, but her point scoring at those races were were better, so yeah, interesting. Uh, Anne Haug is ranked second, and Jenny Metzler third. Laura Phillip fourth, um, one I wouldn't have thought of, Joanna Reiter was in fifth. or Perrier was in sixth, so she did really well at Clash Daytona. Emma Pallant-Brown, seven. Gerritz Fradz-Loralde in eighth. Kate Matthews, ninth, and Kylie Simpson, who won the Ken's Ironman and won Western Australia, uh, was in 10th place. John, was route short this year? Right's always a bit short. <laughs> no, but this year in particular? Well, I think they, they've they changed the course a few times. No, because Haig no. ran a 243. Yeah. No, I'd say that's legit for right for That's impressive. That's unbelievable. That is fantastic. Yeah. 243 and an Ironman? Yeah. I wonder if... That is freak. Well, Now we got to, Now you gotta. I gotta see. I well, um, You can. You, you're taking me off top at Bevan. I'll, well, okay. What
0: you do? You look at what you look at. I'm gonna look at.
1: That's unbelievable. That is. Uh, yeah. You like Laura Philip ran two forty four in Austria. Yeah. Uh, some amazing run times there. A few that were outside the top ten. I was a little surprised of Lucy Charles Barclay, uh, Jackie Herring, who had some awesome runs this year. Danielle Reef down in thirteenth place. Um, so yeah, and few names I thought would have been a little bit higher. So okay. That's your run rankings.
0: Okay, I'll do the female b- bike. So Daniel Arif took it Oh, we're it just out. doing run today, Bevan. Well, we're going to be some need, we need time. No, we don't. We don't need time. You, you want to do my subject? Well. We'll do the gills today. The woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make complicated things in life nowadays. <laughs> um, so, do I say boys? You're fine with me. Yeah, I say boys and gills. So it's not like I'm sexist, John. Oh, the cheapest creepers. Anyway, um, Daniel 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 Arief takes out the bike. Lisa Norton is second. Heather Jackson is third. Theresa Adam fourth. Kimberly Morrison is fifth. Hannah Wells sixth. Paula Finlay seventh. Laura Phillip, Carrie Lester, and Felina Landridge. Felina Language. Langridge.
1: Um Any surprises there? Uh, i surprised a little bit. Surprised Lisa Norden's that high up. She is a really good cyclist, obviously. Lisa <laughs> um, Norton, the one who got the silver. Uh did she get silver? Yes she did get silver in the spring. Yeah. yeah. So very surprised probably to see Heather Jackson in third. Not surprised to see Theresa Adam. Um so yeah, on the swim side, I haven't I'm about to click on there, but let me just think, let me think Kay. who do you think is gonna be the top swimmer? Well it's pretty obvious. Let's see, make sure it is. Yes, yes. it is Lucy Charles Barclay in front of Lauren Brandon, Lucy Buckingham, who used to be Lucy Hall, recently got married, Taylor Nibb. Sarah pa- uh, Perez-Sala, Pamela Oliveira, Holly Lawrence, Imogene Simons, Jenny Metzler, and Hayley Chura. So there you go. Okay. You, next next my con- you stole my content for the next... F- f- I was going to pad that out over weeks, Bevan. Okay, so let's
0: have a look. So for Lucy Charles, yeah. her fastest seventy point three swim was 21 minutes. Right. That's pretty smoking, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, for... I was doing their fastest times. For Danielle Aretha' fastest bike time, she did a 4.38 in Tucson and a 2.14 and a half. Right. That's pretty quick.
1: It's very fast. Yeah. Okay. So there we go.
0: That's our rankings joint. That's want to, Now, do you want to do my subject?
1: Uh, no. You sure? Yeah, my battery's about to run out of <laughs> my laptop. <laughs>
0: okay, we'll save it for another day. It was, it was triathlon one-liners. Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll use that possibly I'll give you time? one. I'll give you one. Wait a second. It was, it was one... Uh, Wait, what, what was the good one?
1: <laughs> Just scrolling <laughs> through. This is great content. Oh, while, while we do this, the fastest run times of all time uh, for the females is Christian Moller did a 2.41.47. Try rating hasn't actually got um, Anne Haug's result what's from this what, year. What's for the guys? So the next fastest is Chrissy Wellington with a 2.44.35. So Anne Haug's wrote this year would have been the, the fastest run uh, of all time. And what, what, Second fastest. Do they have so. the fastest guys yet? Fastest guys of all time. Gustav Eden with three, two. Two, 234.50. There is one quicker than that, which was Matt Hansen who went uh, 10 seconds quicker. Um, but that was at Texas when there was some question marks over the distance. The so. question I
0: have, is the female's performance, or the girls, or the good woman, or whatever you want to call them, is that better yeah. than the boys, guys, whatever? Like, do, does that, like, is that gap? Like, if we look at marathons... The fastest marathon's about a two oh one. The fastest mm-hmm. female marathon is
1: what? Don't know. Okay, let's look it up. I'm gonna say I don't, I don't really don't follow marathons, so I'm just gonna take a bit of a stab here. I reckon two twelve. Okay, Marathon World Records. Maybe uh, a little bit cl- slower. Okay,
0: so you think... 2.12, 2.13. It 13. got break- broken recently, didn't it? Because um, Paula's run was forever and then recently got broken. The same, oh, the shoes.
1: Yeah, well, it is the shoes. The five k record got broken the other day as well.
0: Okay, so for the man, it's
1: 2.139.
0: She's mm-hmm. Cachoeblaze, a minute 20 faster mm-hmm. than the second best. And the female, what would you say?
1: I'd say 2.12, 2.13.
0: Okay, so no, it's 2.14. Okay. And that was significant. So basically pulled out another lady called Mary. Um,
1: so we've got a 13-minute difference It
0: was, two, was 2.17. So it was, it's been broken recently, but before that, that so it was a three-minute record break.
1: Oh. Yeah. So what was that? 2.14. 2.14 versus 2.01. 2.14. 13-minute difference. And Ironman, the fastest female is, so is that only seven minutes? S- s- yes, yeah, seven. So you
0: actually say the females are doing better than the guys. That's right.
1: Pick up your game, boys.
0: That's impressive, isn't it? Because mm. when you when you see two forty one, that's freakish. And mm. and when the guys what was it two thirty six, two thirty six, two thirty four, which is still bloody impressive.
2: Mm.
0: But two forty one will win a lot of female, not top marathons, but a lot of local marathons around the world. Oh hell yeah! You know, they so yeah. two thirty six. Um, yeah, so actually, you'd argue the females are, are performing better in relative to. Well, then yeah. what's the gap? So let's do this then. So I'm patting for time, but it's an interesting subject. Yeah. So kachoble did, so one 2 0 oh mm-hmm. So As- Gustav is 33 f- minutes behind him. Mm-hmm. The world record, what did? It was 2 This is
1: a two forty one. So, what's that? You're <laughs> your padding. Maths padding is not not our strength. <laughs> Just quit while you're behind. 41 take away.
0: 13, <laughs> 13 14 take away. runs going, come on, you, you shmucks. Re- re- 27 minutes. Yeah.
2: Okay. So. I think we've
1: clearly established that females are smoking the boys' asses.
0: Well, as in, as in closer to world record performance and closer mm. gap between female and male. Mm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. One uh, thing we
1: didn't discuss last week after the Gustav Eden. Interview. Yeah. Okay, we go. Was how he said Christian's going to smoke the seven-hour barrier, and others are coming out and saying that now as well. Mark Allen. Oh, for the seventy for the sub-seven. And Mark Allen was saying he reckons it was going to be six thirty-four, and Macca was saying it was going to be some insanely fast time. Yeah, he's as a well. promoter. Yeah,
0: he's Eddie Hoon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, of
1: course, they're going to say that. It's going to be. Uh, I When When is this? Oh, I don't think the date's been been released yet, but yeah. I'm slightly more interested Than what I was originally
0: I'm kind of curious How motivated You know What I was impressed with Was the Sanders and Fredino How motivated Fredino was mm. You know Because he beat the world record Didn't he mm-hmm. He got the world record On a solo Yeah You so, know and he, and, he, and he buried himself Didn't
1: he This will be This will be A really interesting test To see Again The difference between uh, Who were the females doing It's Nicola Nicholas and, it was Lucy Charles Isn't it So That'll be interesting to see think, what do, the, do you know their payday I don't think it's really about the money. I don't think maybe they get a bonus if they do it, but I don't think it's really about. I'm sure they're doing. A
2: perfectly oh come fine. on, they've got to be making some money out of they're
1: it. They've got to be doing perfectly fine out of it. But I don't think it'll be the money that's motivating. It'll be the time that's a motivator. They won't be going. Come on, if I do this, I get you know an extra fifty grand or whatever. It's all about the time. And uh, yeah, okay. So
0: triathlon one-liners. Just one of them.
1: Yeah. My friend did a threesome in Florida, and all
0: I got was t t-shirt.
1: <laughs> Okay. Don't worry, there's 10 more. <laughs> right, so. we'll save them for next week. Or should we do one a week for the next uh, 10 weeks? Uh, uh, pretty bad. Yeah. I, I found it because you were like,
0: can you do a segment and make it light? And I, was, oh, I don't do light. And so I found, I, I went on Triathlon One Liners. I found a, a slow Twitch forum post from <laughs> like 2008 or something.
1: And it was, I found them one there. So there we go. Uh, good times. Good times, rock and roll. They haven't even got a swim set this week. Here, here's one for you. What's your race? Three times 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are you training for? What am I training for? Nothing really at the moment. Everything's getting, well not everything's getting cancelled. I don't know if we'll be able to travel overseas. So How'd your race go? Is that this weekend? It's this weekend. It is the Canterbury Classic. It's also the New Zealand Champs, It's also it? the New Zealand Champs. There's <laughs> going to be some people getting New Zealand titles here that, uh, yeah, it's going to be I think a lot of people will be making the podium, put it that way. <laughs> are not you, the biggest turnout. Are you racing? I'm organising. Yeah, I'm but racing. come on, you might be getting New Zealand champ out of it. I could do. Have you ever been New Zealand champ? Yes. When? Uh, last year. <laughs> My age group, was, I was one of three, I think. <laughs> Sprint distance, I've got to go defend that title this year. So Where's that? Where's that? In New Plymouth. Oh. Yeah, so now this weekend is going to be old school racing at the Wainui. Triathlon, or the Canterbury Classic, New Zealand Champs. It's an epic course. I'm really disappointed that we haven't got lots of entries because it's insane. 700 metres of climbing on the bike, over 35 k's. It's basically, come out of the swim... 700 metres? Yeah, you've got a little bit, you've got maybe a k of flat, and then you're going up a pretty tough climb, and then it's kind of going along the top a bit, sort of up and down and around and twisting and turning, so you've got to have good bike skills or you end up on the wrong side of the road. Uh, And then you've got a descent where you'll be hitting 75k an hour pretty easily mm. and then you've got a tensy bit of flat with a lump in it come back and do it all in reverse and the climb on the way back has got some pitches of probably 15% if not more oh really um, and then you go along top again come down and then you, you do it all again it's going to be awesome and then the run has got oh you do two laps two laps Ooh. yeah so I did a lap I think if I was racing I'd be saying so this is only 35k's I'd probably do a 110 at best, if not 115. Okay. Uh, and then the run is you've got about a K and a half sort of a, sort of flat, sort of slightly uphill, slightly downhill. And then you've got to climb. You've got about 200 metres of climbing on the run as well, which is a lot for a run. And there's no way in hell I'd be going anywhere near 40 minutes for that run. What um, so a good day. Have you done this race before? Never. What inspired it? Uh, I needed a new venue. If, you've, if you guys have seen the Sail GP yep. event, which is going around the world, it was supposed to be held in Christchurch this year. It was going to be on the weekend that I had to run this race. Oh, okay. So I couldn't have it at my usual venue and then just happened to find this new venue. So we'll is it a venue it you want to go back to? Well, not if the number's... Don't justify it. Don't justify it and don't make it economically viable. Oh, you meant to be at Corsi Bay, were you? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's what's happening this weekend.
0: Okay, good times. Okay, John, let's say thank you to our uh, patrons. Alan,
1: the Ferris Ferret, Hodgson. We've got Angus, the Wild Bull Boyd. And Michael uh, Meatmuncher (laughs) Egan. Okay.
0: I'm sure you came up with that one. <laughs> uh, if you want to be a sponsor, a supporter of the show, go to www.iandtalk.me, become a patron, support the boys in what we do, get a gift, go on draw to win some cool stuff, and get us to Kona whenever we can get to Kona. Um, also, if you want some coaching, coachjohnyeston.com, my podcast, com. other content, age group of the week, so
1: on, gmail.com.
0: We haven't actually had age group in a
1: while. We haven't had much content. We need new listeners. Sharpen up. Sharpen up. Sharp up. Give us in some content. Above. It's winter.
0: Okay. Uh, so you okay. You, your, your scars. Your best scar story.
1: Best. Uh, what, or, or stitches. Scar or stitches. Well, there's two that I've probably told the one where I broke my finger in France when. Yep. Got caught on the g- pole. Yep. It wasn't not my fault.
0: Craig Alexander, remembered that first you time we you. Yeah.
1: Broke my finger. You did. Um. The one that I distinctly remember, and I'm pretty sure I got stitches, is this was when I was a young fella. We used to go fishing down at the just down in the, off the rocks and red cliffs, yeah. just to catch like little tadpoles and stuff. Yep and so you just have a line and a hook and a sinker and one day I thought I'll I'll see if I can get it a bit further out instead of just dropping it in off the rocks I sort of thought I'll throw it out and so you hold on to it Oh no! through the sinker (laughs) forgot about the hook I went through the webbing of my finger and it's pulling against it yeah and once that's gone in you know getting the fish hook out Uh, that wasn't pleasant oh did uh, they cut it I can't remember. Well, what. Did they pull the? Hook I think out? they managed. to get, I think they put it, you know, some um, uh, some pain relief in, and and then uh, some some, yeah, and just pulled it out. I don't don't remember that part. I just remember it going through. And then the other one where I did get stitches in my knuckle.
0: is you really like to kill your hands, don't you?
1: Yeah, was when uh, I decided to put a kick me sign on somebody at school. <laughs> Didn't really think they had a craft knife in their hand. Oh, put a God. kick me sign on them and start kicking him. He turns around and accidentally with a craft knife. <laughs> slices five stitches into my hand. <laughs> yeah, He's trying to be the smart it didn't, didn't go down very well with the teachers at a highly prestigious private school <laughs> is that why you got suspended no no that was another incident <laughs> oh, let's God. knock it down that path today <laughs> I <that's> love <laughs> 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 oh, so tell your kids you're going to do a kick me, me sign have a little think about it before you do it. So Make you, sure there's no craft so, knife handy. So,
0: so you put the sign on, it started
1: kicking. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't stab me. <laughs> he accidentally did, he did. <laughs> it was on accident. That would have been oh. more controversial if he actually <laughs> knifed me. Yeah. Oh, so God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <Ooh.
1: laughs> Right bust out your oh, stitches God. story <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Oh that's sensational
0: So he, so he turns around Cause
1: <laughs> you're kicking Yeah <laughs> What happened What happened Sir Oh I just cut myself Sir Went to the school nurse What happened uh, Just cut myself <laughs> Oh, that's absolute gold.
0: My mind, well, I thought they were good stories until I heard yours. Uh, I have two stories. But probably my earliest childhood memory is learning to ride a bike. Mm. I've got a scar here Mm. above my right eye to the right of my thing of an eyebrow, if you were listening to this, and an extension of my eyebrow goes to there. Right. And it's basically a scar. And, And I must have been, how old are you when you learn to ride a bike? About four?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm much older.
0: Yeah, and so it was probably one of my earliest childhood memories. I remember, because we were pretty poor, and the lady from the Salvation Army, she gave me a, a wooden truck. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting, that's probably my earliest childhood memory. That, you know, because a lot of childhood memories are stories people have told you. You know, like, or photos. But mm. that's, you know, I remember that. And I was pretty young for that, maybe under five. But learning to ride a bike. And my family... And I remember it was like an old 20s bike, and we were pretty poor. We were probably really 20s, something like that. Getting on the bike, riding the bike, finally learning how to ride the bike. No one taught me how to use brakes. Oh, yeah. So I'm riding on the road, and I didn't know how to stop, so I rode into the gutter, and I got the stitcher there. And then my other one is on my knee. See that big scar on the knee? Yeah. So had a motorbike. Yeah. You know, a bit of a rebel, but a cheap motorbike. And uh started pushing that in the motorbike, and... Kicked into gear, yeah, but it got a bit too far ahead of me, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I tried to pull it back. But but as you're pulling back, you pull on the accelerator, yeah. So, if I can, oh, <laughs> didn't mean we don't screw on the show normally, but it dragged my nail on the ground. I was actually pretty lucky, it didn't screw in my kneecap, yeah, yeah. So, that was my scar. It's <laughs> not King's tap. No, he's knifed
1: you, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no scars God. around <laughs> your stomach from being knifed. <laughs>
0: That's sort of cold. Okay, we got the air out. We Did okay. Yeah, my my battery didn't
1: run out as well. Kudos to uh, Apple ba- batteries for lasting a little bit longer.
0: Apparently, the new M ones battery life's unbelievable. Mm. You bought
1: your computer at the wrong time. I'm, I'm due for a new laptop and a computer soon. Oh, so. the new ones are phenomenal.
0: Mm. I, I even just bought because we Joe needed a new computer because what we've always done in our life is when I buy a computer, I, I go pretty top end, mm. and then about and I do that every three years, and then Joe will get that one after the fact. But <laughs> <laughs> this was pretty, pretty rough. So we bought a Mac Mini and the Mac mm. Minis with the M1s. I tell you, you'll do, you'll love this because mm. you're a tight ass. Mm. Um, The Mac Mini was a thousand bucks. It's phenomenally fast. Mm. We bought an external hard So, external hard drive, we already had the mouse and the keyboard. External hard drive, we bought a nice screen. That was only 600. Ended up costing 89 bucks. Mm. And it's a mint computer. Like seriously, it's it's really fast. Okay. Yeah. So like even I like I, even I as I'm thinking about getting my next computer, I'm like, do I even need the iMac? Because mm. I'll probably I'll probably get the Mac Mini Pro, and you're getting a kick-ass computer, and mm. it'll cost me like thirteen hundred bucks. And I have to buy a screen and some other things. But realistically, if I get a new iMac, I'm probably going to spend 5 K. Mm. Whereas if, with all these pieces, I'll probably spend two and a half, and with a great computer so there we go that's my computer ben advice
1: computer advice. because well, what's
0: happened is apple the great thing about apple is they make it all themselves don't know why you're talking about. my battery's dead now <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> that's, you the shop. that's <laughs> why you need the new one but um and the advantage is they can control everything they're doing inside mm. and what they've done with the m1 is they've created a computer which no one else can duplicate because mm. what other companies do is they grab bits and pieces from everyone else and put it together and i've just created this infrastructure that is it's phenomenal And it's a real game changer And so You'd actually You know Like again The Mac Mini's A great computer mm. Yeah Even for people who are You know Maybe not high end Power users But for everyday people like us It's mm. all you need So Nice anyway. Let's I, wrap it up
1: I'm Russ I'm Enoch Train hard Treat smart
0: Kicker